What is up, everyone? It is Wednesday night. It is 8.02, and it is the Buffalo Blitz on the built-in Buffalo Network on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. We just hit 50,000 followers on Facebook, which is absurd, which is nuts. So shout out to everyone that runs the Facebook, especially Dave Myers, but shout out to everyone that contributes to Facebook. 50,000 followers on Facebook. That is awesome. We hit 3,000 views last week's episode um, from last week till now on Facebook. So that is awesome. Guys, like, comment, and subscribe. As always, the comment section is open. We'll be reading your comments. We'll be answering your questions throughout the night, 8 to about 9, 10, uh, 9.05. And make sure you follow me on Twitter at Peter on Twitter. I'll follow you back, guys. Tonight's episode, as you guys can tell by the thumbnail, we'll be breaking down our Lord and Savior, Josh Allen, and we're, we're doing with a special guest. We're going to bring him on right now. Z-Bot from the Buffalo Fanatics. What is up, my man? The Lord and Savior himself. No better way to put it. That is the best way to describe Josh Allen. So I loved how you uh, how you introed our guy. Also, speaking of intros, that's one of the best intros on the internet, your visual intro uh, into the really? show. That was getting me hyped. Second- I was... I was I was back on the back of the green where I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not only ready for the show. I'm ready for the season after watching that bad boy. So that's the second, that's a second week we've done that. We had a, that's our, so basically a new intro. That is Dave Myers, founder of built in Buffalo. Shout out Dave. Intro. Yeah. So shout out Dave. That I love the intro. Cause my other intro was like 30 seconds. I liked it. Yeah. But that intro that it gets you going. That's I, cinematic, man. You can't beat that. You know? No, no. You ready to talk? You ready to talk some, Oh, before we talk some Josh Allen, which we can always talk Josh Allen. Of course. Everyone knows you obviously from your, your green screen and just know you from Buffalo Fanatics, but like, where can everyone find you, listen to you on Twitter and all that stuff? Sure, yeah. So uh, more active on Twitter than I'd like to admit. Uh, that's basically a 24-hour gig. Uh, addicted to Twitter would be an understatement, but you can find me there at ZACB22, at ZachB22. And then I'm live every Monday night over on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel at 8 p.m. Eastern. And then we also do a variety of random shows throughout the week. And then if you're uh if you're unable to tune in live on the youtube it's always there of course afterwards and then it's also in podcast form on apple Podcasts, spotify all that good stuff so you can find me a little bit everywhere and uh and like i said monday night's usually the the prime time for me as far as live is concerned so that yeah. is that you mentioned the apple podcast i always forget that every friday morning guys this turns it like you like you can watch on facebook youtube and twitter again you can rewatch it, but if you want to listen and morning shows aren't the best, a little driving to work, you can flip on the Apple podcast. So this will be out uh, Friday morning. So every Friday morning, this turns into a podcast. So wherever you get your podcast, make sure you check it out. What's up, Seth? How are we doing tonight? Appreciate you tuning in. How are we doing, Ronald? And what's up, Dan Kelly? Um, Dan Kelly, Conflict of Interest, Tuesday nights with Akeem. Uh, he was back last night for the first time in about a month, I felt like. So every Tuesday, uh, Conflict of Interest on the Built-in Buffalo Network. But... Time and like I said, comment section is open, so let's keep going, guys. Josh Allen time. So we're gonna be talking about Josh Allen. I got a couple tidbits. We're gonna start with we're gonna start with maybe a little bit of a negative because I like to start with that. You know how that goes. That always goes over well. Where can Josh Allen improve heading into this season? I want to start with you. Mm. I know I didn't share with you, but uh, you, you you got enough bills knowledge. I'm assuming. To I hope so. Would, uh, <laughs> Although you know what, it, you know you, you always find out once or twice uh, a show oh, yeah. or whatever you're doing, you don't know as much as you think you do, right? Thinking about that, yeah, I always get I get outdated a lot. I'm 21. Oh my god, me too. And I'm, you're right around you're yeah, right yeah. around my age. I get outdated a lot, 
and people always bring on. I'm like, yeah, I know the '90s, I know the players, but I wasn't sure. I wasn't alive. I was born in 2001. No, it's so funny I, you bring that up. Yeah, last week on the my sh- for actually not last week Monday. I've, I, you know how it goes in the summer. I don't even know what day it is anymore. But I did that. I, I found I was cleaning out my uh, my closet the other day. I found a book of my dad's, and it was an uh, encyclopedia of the Bills from 1964 to 1994. And I was kind of reading that off on the show, and I thought the same thing that you just said, where it's like, yeah, you have a general knowledge of you know everything that happened and what went into it but the nitty-gritty and the little things like i'm just like you it's it's so tough to keep track but when you do dive into it it's wild it's always cool to kind of look back on you know the things you weren't around for no exactly so let's start with the we'll start with the question so we'll start with you z about where, where yeah. can josh allen improve um heading into the season as always guys comment section is open so let's let's i want to hear your thoughts as well Two things come to mind to me right off the bat. Number one is something that I looked at last week uh, on my show last week, last Monday night. I wanted to take a look and see what Josh Allen would have to do statistically in order to win the MVP. As we know right now, Josh Allen is the odds on MVP favorite. If you were to go bet in Vegas right now, he's going to be the leader in the doghouse. The question is, though, how does he win it? Right. Because unfortunately, fortunately, whatever, whatever way you want to spin it, the MVP award is a statistical driven award. I mean, you're going to have to have the numbers at the end of the year in order to justify winning the award. I mean, a couple of years ago, Josh Allen, he did everything you could have imagined in order to win it. But Aaron Rodgers on paper, probably the best year of his career. That's why Allen didn't win it two seasons ago. So I was looking at the numbers, breaking it down trying to see what statistical benchmarks does Josh Allen have to hit in order to win that MVP. The one statistic that Josh Allen really wasn't on, he wasn't on par with the rest of the previous 10 MVP winners at the quarterback position. It was the, it was the interception category. Josh Allen, when it came to the interception category was throwing on average five more interceptions a season than the average MVP winner over the last 10 winners. So I'm looking at all these benchmarks, right? Completion percentage, yards per season, touchdowns per season. Look, Josh Allen, he's about an eyelash away in every single department, especially when you factor in his running ability. The one area that I noticed was he he was about five picks above everybody else. And consequently, not factoring in the rushing touchdowns, He was about five touchdowns through the air short. So that basically said to me, if Josh Allen can swap out five picks for five touchdowns, no secret, he's winning the MVP, totally justifying being the MVP favorite. So the one area of concern that I noticed just doing that experiment, not only for himself and his personal personal accolades, and of course that's great, but that's not what we really care about. It ultimately affects the team. Interceptions is one at one category this coming season that I would like to see take a bit of a step back. The other one that I think is a major crucial area this year, especially when you look at how difficult this schedule can be. I mean, there are some juggernauts on this schedule coming up last year. And I think this gets lost in translation a lot. I think we forget about this. The bills didn't win a single game last year by less than a touchdown. Every single game they won was more or less a blowout. Every game that they were involved in that was a touchdown or less, they lost. So the one area of concern going into this season, especially when you look at the teams they have to play, the Rams, the Packers, the Bengals, the Chiefs, several top contenders, 
more or less, those games are going to be awfully competitive. You're not going to win a blowout in all those games. I'll tell you that. Josh Allen this season has to prove that he's able to win the close game. And of course, we've seen him do it before. But last year, we didn't see it once. I mean, think about it. Tampa Bay Bucks game, loss. Most importantly, the Chiefs game in the divisional, as close as it gets. Now, granted, Josh Allen, what more could he have done in that game? Probably not much, but it was still a loss. So can Josh Allen and the Bills overall this coming season, can they win the close game? Because it's going to be crucial towards the end of the year in regard to the one seed. I think that when you think about where the Bills are going to be at the end of the year, if you lose every game that winds up being close like they did last year, I, I just don't see the one seed in the cards. And I think this year more than ever, it's the most important. My f- thing that you touched on that I like, the touchdown at the interception, like kind of swapping it at that point. Right. And that comes into like, one, obviously you swap interceptions for touchdown. Obviously, even more passing touchdowns, less interceptions, basically yep. at that point. You win more games, obviously, because less turnovers, more touchdowns leads to more points. And you win games like that. It's, it's, that's a simple, obviously, thing right there. Yeah. My thing is, I'm looking at like his, I got his game by game breakdown on my screen. The clunkers in there. There's a couple clunkers in there, right? So I start at, for some reason, my thing starts at the end of the season with some weird, like Atlanta, second last game of the year. It was 11 for 26. Brutal. No touchdowns through three interceptions. They won the game, which is obviously at the end of the day, you win the game, you move on, right? A mm-hmm. win's a win in the National Football League, and you don't complain. You can you can critique, but you don't complain. But you also have the fact of the weather. That was a crappy weather day. That's Buffalo for you. So you, you can't, at the end of the day, you always can't make excuses for that. Mm-hmm. You're going to get that throughout the year. Um, but those games you cannot have. He threw for, he completed 42% of the passes and 120 yards. He also against the Jets the last game of the year threw two touchdowns, which is good, but completed 53% of the passes for 239 yards. Like those games can't happen. Like the clunkers can't happen. Like, but the week before Atlanta, New England, 63% completion percentage, 314 yards, three passing touchdowns. Like that's a great game. Yeah. So the clunkers in there. We always and we're gonna get that with Josh Allen. We, we, you're gonna get those weird throws. Usually, you're gonna get that with those like kind of gunslingers. Like Mahomes is gonna make a throw here or there. That you're like, what the heck was that? Justin Herbert, all that stuff. They're not Tom Brady, who's a little more precise and all that stuff. But those clunkers and the two clunkers against against get Jets and the, the Falcons out of the year came against two teams that are very bad. Yeah, not to mention Jacksonville, too. Throw that in there. He couldn't move the ball. It's a great point you bring up. Yes, and obviously Jacksonville had that. The O-line was absolutely atrocious in that game, (laughs) but still was a game you had to win. There's those clunkers in there that you just can't have. And it also makes the playoff, his playoff uh, performance even greater, having two horrible games to end the year and then just having, like, the greatest two-game postseason run ever. Like statistically, yeah. Ever. Oh yeah, like, I got the I got the shirt on right here. The perfect yeah. game. I mean, good yeah. God, crazy. But the clunkers, like Pittsburgh earlier in the year, the first game of the year. I, in my opinion, I always think the first game of the year is a throwaway game. I mm-hmm. think it's just weird, but that's a clunker. Like you, you can't have um those weird games. Jacksonville, you're right. No touchdowns, two interceptions. You cut Atlanta out and Jacksonville out. One more win, obviously. But then there's five less interceptions. Exactly your point. There you right go. There. There exactly you go. your point. And obviously you're going to throw interceptions. How much? Yeah. How many times the Bills throw the ball, and how Josh Allen throws the ball, and how dangerous he throws the ball? Sometimes you're going to throw interceptions. But we can live with some interceptions if we're that good and we're that good on offense. We're 30 points per game. You'll live with a couple interceptions. Sure. You won't live when you have two interceptions and no touchdowns. 
you can live with it with four passing touchdowns and two interceptions. Yep. You can live with that because you kind of made up for it a little. But Jacksonville can't happen. Um, Atlanta can't happen. Like that in the Jacksonville game is obviously just a nightmare, and I still think about it because it's brutal. Me too. Me too. You can't have those games. Obviously, Indy, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, talk about another one I don't want to talk about. Good that Lord. One, that was just a defense. So the Bills, <laughs> yeah, right, the Bills team last year was wild. It was like a wild year. Because they were, you're right. They're either losing or getting or smoking teams. Yeah. Minus the playoff. The, the Chiefs, <laughs> I know. Minus the Chiefs game, they were either losing or absolutely obliterating you, like uh, teams. Like it was, it was unreal. So, like the Josh Allen thing, where you can improve. Like you're right, interceptions. I would also say like just consistency. The consistency Agreed. on I, the offense. I think those like, all go hand in hand. I think my interception take and your. Clunker take. I mean, I think they are dead on. If they met, they, they meet at a road, right? And I think the greatest point you bring up there too, because I was at that Atlanta game. I could not believe for the life of me how bad they played in that one. Because not only how bad Atlanta was, but because that game was for the division clinch. I mean, they were going to clinch the division that day. Ultimately, they wound up doing so. But in that particular game, I remember there there were two or there were two of those three interceptions. I'm pretty sure they were back to back. I think yeah. it was play after play. And they were just not even – I mean, they they there's interceptions like you mentioned. And when I think about what you're talking about where it's like factoring in Josh Allen's game, I kind of think of Brett Favre in that yeah. category yeah. where it's like, yeah, we'll take the interceptions that are, you know, off the back foot throwing deep because a couple of those throws are also going to result in unbelievable highlight reel touchdowns, right? But those particular interceptions in that game that I remember were just so bad. In the pocket, no one around – in a game where you should be smoking these guys, the division's on the line. I think you're dead on with that too. And when you think about these clunkers, right? Pittsburgh's a great example. That was a clunker, yeah. That was an unbelievably terrible loss. I get it was the first game of the year, but when you kind of reflect back on last year, how different would have things would could things have been? Say you win that Pittsburgh game, right? I think that would have ultimately wound up factoring into the Bills hosting Kansas City as opposed to going to Kansas City for that game. These things factor in more than you realize when the season comes to a close. It might not matter at the time, but when you look back on it, it all comes together. So I think you're dead on with that. Those clunkers, and everybody's going to have them, but you just rattled off several. And especially if you want to win the MVP too, you can have maybe one clunker. You can't have four or five clunkers on your resume if you expect to get it done at the end of the year. No, and the funny thing is Josh Allen's still a top three quarterback. In that effect. I know. It's Josh wild. So we're obviously we're nitpicking, but we're also – we're at the point where this team should win a Super Bowl. This is a roster to win a Super Bowl. This is a team that wants to win a Super Bowl. So we're nitpicking because we expect perfection. And the one – this could trans, um, translate to the next point that I want to talk about. The one thing I want to say, like the Atlanta game, right? Mm-hmm. The weather's bad. You can tell Josh Allen wasn't on his game, right? You can tell from the beginning of the game. There's some games like Josh Allen, first four passes, just nails all four. You're like, okay, this yep. is a good game. Some games are like, okay, let's, let's ease him in. I think Brian Dable decided just to, never wanted to ease him in sometimes. I think Brian Dable just always wanted to keep going and keep going. And I love Brian Dable. He did wonders for this offense. But I also thought, like, in that Atlanta game and in that Jets game, like, throughout the game, like, clearly Josh Allen's deep ball and uh, middle of the field ball isn't where he wants it right now. So let's go to the run game. Let's go to, like, a little dink and dunk. We never did that. So we never really did that. So that's what I'm going to transition into here. What will Allen – look like in the new offense. Mm. So I'm going to start with you, man. What, what do you think? Josh, and I think Josh, Allen, I think Josh Allen will actually, 
will look a little little different, a little maybe a little more conservative, which might not be the end of the world if you're the Bills. The one thing I, I look at coming into the season, and I think uh, it is going to be it's going to be interesting overall having Ken Dorsey as the OC because this is going to be the first time we see Josh Allen without Brian Dable. So, you know, whether that's a, um, you know, whether your coach in general is a major factor or not, you can argue that all day, but this is still the first time as a bill that he's going to have a different presence calling the plays that isn't Brian Dable. Now, granted, Ken Dorsey has been in the room the whole time. So that is a major plus. I mean, I love that element. They didn't have to go outside of the building to find their OC. These guys are already very comfortable with him. So that aspect of it, I do love. I just, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat you are. The, the, the question's a great question because I am wondering what, if any differences, are there going to be? How noticeable are they going to be? And what does that wind up translating into? The one thing that I think we could find that is going to be different this coming season not only because they just added at the running back position and on the offensive you know, unit overall, I think we're going to see less running out of Josh Allen, which ultimately I think is a good thing. I think two years ago was the perfect run-pass combination back in 2020, right? Because you look at those stats, and yes, I mean, he had a great year on the ground as far as you know a quarterback is concerned, but it was 421 yards and eight touchdowns. I mean, that's not... In, it's not insanity, but it's a great year for supplementing, you know, some passing for running last year. I mean, it was, it was crazy run central for Josh Allen to the point where I remember oftentimes after games, you would just think to yourself, I, I you feel lucky Josh Allen got out of there alive sometimes yeah. after the way that they ran him. And, and I just, I understand you want to utilize the athleticism that he brings because let's face it. I mean, between him and Mahomes. I mean, we're watching we're we're watching a new era quarterback that we've never seen before. I mean, this athleticism is absurd. We've never seen anything like it. And I understand you want to utilize that to the fullest, but you also don't want Josh Allen to look like Big Ben towards the, the tail end of his career either. And that was who Big Ben was considered to be early on in his career, right? He was the guy who could run all over the field. Next thing you know, his last few seasons, he can barely walk. I look at Josh Allen last year, 763 yards. It was very run centric for a quarterback that you, I mean, what is this team without Josh Allen? They're not, they're nothing. I mean, let's face it. They're just not, you have to be able to conserve uh, availability. Of course, is the best ability. We have been very lucky with Josh Allen. I think we keep testing fate. The more we run him. I think Ken Dorsey is going to come in and limit the amount of running. He, he is exposed to this season as as compared to last year, especially bringing in James cook. I think that, I think the tandem with him and Singletary is going to be a lot better than what we're used to in the backfield there. I also think when we look at this offense overall, you know, we're going to be seeing a lot more of a two tight end set this year, bringing in OJ Howard, pairing him with Dawson Knox. I think that's going to be a very interesting element. We really have not seen any of that at all. We're talking about two really solid players at the tight end position. I'm really looking forward to what that's going to look like. Look, this is the best roster Josh Allen has ever had, and and we could probably argue down the line here. I mean, we can't tell the future. This is going to be one of the best he'll ever have. And when I look at the offense overall, I can't help but think that it's going to look extraordinary. It has the last two seasons. I think the offense has only gotten better. The team overall has only gotten better. I think Allen is going to look fantastic. It's new offense. It's just a matter of how different is it going to be 
And does it ultimately play to his strengths? And like you had mentioned, you think it's going to be a bit more conservative. I, when you said that, I guess my question to you on this topic is, what what about his game do you think will be more conservative? And and how do we how do we see that as the game unfolds? I want to. I think I think conservative. And before I want to get to your question, I want to pull up some comments. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Dave, um, let's get going. Thank you, guys. Dave, thank you, Dave. Guys, make sure you guys like and comment, guys. Ask us any questions. We'll answer them throughout the night. Um, we appreciate comments. But yeah, I think conservative was the wrong term. I I want to. I think less dangerous is a horrible word because I don't think that that's not a good word. And I, I think, think I know what you're trying. I see what you're trying to say. I think getting James Cook right, for example, right, yeah, to limit like the amount of times Josh out runs because he has a safety net, a legit safety net. I like Singletary, but I think James Cook is much more of a uh, safety net. You're bringing OJ Howard. Tight ends are usually used to be viewed as more of a safety net. Now they're a little more um, right. dynamic. But in this offense, like OJ Howard could be that safety net as well with Dawson Knox. I think Josh Allen will be a little more honed in. And I think Ken, Ken Dorsey's been here with Josh Allen for a couple of years. He has saw firsthand exactly what has worked and what hasn't worked, right? He knows what Josh Allen can do and what he can't do. He probably thinks sometimes Brian Dable didn't like the play call or didn't like this. Obviously, Ryan Dable's the OC. Ken Dorsey was a quarterback's coach. He couldn't override him. That's just how that works. So Ken Dorsey will take some things um, that he likes and get rid of some things he didn't like. But mm-hmm. when I say conservative, I mean like get like the, like less dangerous passes, the less amount of interceptions, the less running into people, running over people, all that stuff. We don't want to see. I, it's cool to see on Twitter the next day Josh Allen oh, yeah. bulldozing a linebacker. <laughs> But I want my quarterback to be able to play in the next 12 years, and I want him to be able to play when it's December and January. I want to be able to keep yeah. going. Because at the end of the day, you're going to win and lose on Josh Allen's arm. It's that simple. Yeah. Minus the Chiefs game, because we – minus the Chiefs game. That's I think that's the one exception when you say win or lose on Josh Allen's arm because there's nothing else he could have done in that game. Um, But I think Josh Allen will be a little less – I think just – crazy is also not a good word, but I think it's hard to spit out because I don't want to say conservative because they're not going to like be a Well, I feel like off. you're trying to say refined and that makes sense yeah, because, yeah, right? Yeah, actually, it's probably a good word. It, it, it's at the point now where, of course, it, it's gone really fast. It really has. The Josh Allen era, I mean, I, the fact that it's going into year five is kind of eye-opening. I, I It doesn't seem like a full five years, but once you hit this market around five year, you know, year five here, refine is probably the best way to put it as you're saying, because you've, you've had now four full seasons to where you can. And he's done this too. And I think this is probably what you're getting at. Cause I think it makes a lot of sense. We've seen this. He has eliminated aspects of his game that were detrimental to the team and their success and the ability to win that has gone down each and every year. I think we did though, see it uptick a bit last year compared to 2020. So I think that, what you're saying, right, is probably just eliminating the aspects of his game that were noticeably detrimental to the offense itself. Because I think that you're spot on with that. In year five, obviously it's going to continue to happen, right, here and there. But I think refined is the best way to put it because you're at the point now, and and this is the crazy thing, right, and I think that, you know, it's, it's tough to swallow at times too, but it gets to the point where, look, you know, you're the second highest paid quarterback in the league now. So there's no more excuses for that BS interception or that, 
you know, the inability to win the close game or, or whatever else or the overflow or the overthrow or whatever, the, the lack of refinement, right. It'll be highlighted even more just simply based on the fact that you can't, ex- you can't excuse it anymore. You can't excuse the fact yeah. that he's on the rookie contract. It's put up time, man. It is time. It's the window, right? So the refinement has to be there. Of course. Yeah. And the thing, the funny thing is, I know, I didn't get what you're saying, like the put up time, like he did in like in the playoffs, like that was absolutely. Like, I know that's what's so tough about it. He showed up, and that's our la- last two glimpses of Josh Allen, or the last two games was the Patriots game and the Chiefs game, and he looked like the best quarterback in the NFL. Like, he looked, dude, that was some of the best play I've ever seen in my life. I, it looked like wasn't even close. It looked like maybe Mahomes because Mahomes had a great game in that as well, but Josh Allen played better than Mahomes in that game. Like, they win the Super Bowl last year. That's the whole thing, too. I mean, there's no yeah, way they don't lose to Cincinnati. Yeah. No, I go no. on. My, I know we're going to get on top of it. Who cares? Um, no, I could do all day on this part. I, totally. I, I still, I'm, I die on that hill that they, <laughs> they beat Cincinnati because the Bills in the playoffs have under Josh Allen have not lost at home in the playoffs. They're bad on the road and they're good at home, which also takes into fact when you said that one seed is so important because I don't think the Bills lose in the playoffs at home if they get that one seed. So and, and, and even so, here, it's so important. I am in 100% agreement with you, but here's how the, here's the other way I look at it too. If Cincinnati comes into Buffalo and wins after you just beat the Chiefs, then that, then I guess that's the way it was meant to be. They beat you. They beat I mean, you. exactly. Because good for them. If Joe Burrow and off, off of a season ending injury and the worst O line to ever make a Super Bowl. Beats Buffalo in Buffalo in front of a crowd that has been wanting to see a home AFC championship since I wasn't even a thought in my dad's mind. Hey, good for you. Good for you. Congrats. Right. But in my mind, and I'm just like you, I cannot convince myself for the life of me that that would have happened. There is no way they're losing to the Bengals at home. There's no, there's just no way. And then you carry that into the Rams game. The Rams didn't play particularly well in that game at all. So, and like how the Rams showed up in that first half of that offensive game. Once they lost Odell, the Bills would have wiped the floor with them. I would have been a blowout. It would have been a blowout. That, that listen, Joe Burrow with that line was still, he was still in a position to win that game at the end of it. Exactly. And if you're telling me the Bills couldn't have turned that up one more notch than the Bengals did, that's what makes it so crappy. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? That's yeah. why it sucks so much. Yeah. But you also got to see, this is kind of what I think that, you know, we saw in why this season is even more exciting. We've never seen that before, what we saw in the playoffs, not only no. in Buffalo, but maybe ever, right? And even if you get – he didn't do that once in the regular season. Josh Allen had some great games in the regular season, but whatever that was, we didn't see that. Yeah, I don't know. So what, Whatever th- that was, you can bring it to next year, and I'm not going to complain. Like whatever that even was. Even if we got like three or four of those, which I, because I, I, I think – I think when you look back on it, right, even if you got like four of those, that's still a quarter of the season. You know, four of those, he's winning the MVP. Because it's not like the other games are going to be clunkers, like all clunkers. You know what I mean? It's not right. Good games. Exactly. Absolutely crappy game. It's going to be it's going to be four incredible games, 10 really good games, one or two. okay games. Yeah. Because our team is loaded on defense. Yeah. They're loaded and they're great coach staff. So you can make up like the landing game and the Jets game. You made up for bad performances. Jacksonville is different. But yeah, I think you get some sort of couple of those games. One, break the internet again. And two, like it would just be awesome to watch. And I would love to watch it. But yeah, I think like him in the new offense and like, yeah, the po- I think Josh Allen could 
I, I don't know if it could be better, but I think like you, I think the word is refined. I think it could be more refined. And I think the addition of James Cook could That's what him. I'm most excited it about. It will obviously give him it'll give him two things. It will give him a running back where you can have drawn up plays to get him the ball, right? Like legit drawn up plays to get him the ball, either obviously a handoff, but I think through the air. Second, you have a safety net when the play breaks down. Mm-hmm. Like he rolls out to the right, Cook is falling. And once Cook gets to that second level, like his vision's great, his speed's great, he's he's super fast, like he's dynamic enough to get past the linebacker then into the to the safety area. I think getting Cook in space would be awesome. I think another year of McKenzie. I think McKenzie oh, would be a yes. guy. I think they'll know how to use him. I don't think Brian Dable fully knew how to use him. Thank and I think you. that was a very tough how to use Isaiah McKenzie. I think that was very tough because he's a different type of player. And not everybody has an Isaiah McKenzie, but I think John, I think we'll figure out how to use him. I think we saw like that Patriots game. That's yeah. how you use him. Bingo. You get him a great in, example. You get him in man coverage. Yes. He's best against his zone coverage. That's Jameson Crowder right now. Jameson Bingo. Crowder is a zone coverage guy. Maybe Khalil Shakir. Obviously, he's a rookie. But See, James, that's, you don't even think about Shakir. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy the, the, yeah. the amount of guys, right? Yeah. And then Zay McKenzie against man to man coverage. Yeah. Gets him in, get him in space against a slot corner. They're not, you can't keep up with them. And Josh Allen just have a field day to throw to. If I had a genie and it was, and if I, or not a genie rather, but if I, I guess if I had, if, if Ken Dorsey for, for whatever the hell reason calls me up and says, Hey, bot, you get one request out of me all year and I'll, I'll do it. It would be, can you properly utilize Isaiah McKenzie the correct amount? Because every time Dable decided it was time to flick on the Isaiah McKenzie switch, it worked every single time. It was just a matter of whether he wanted to turn it on or not. And it was turned on, what, maybe like three or four times all last season. I mean, you just brought up a great point, too. You got Shakir, you got Jamison Crowder, O.J. Howard, Dawson Knox, Gabe Davis now, who's ascending into maybe one of the better young receivers in the league, and then, of course, Stephon Diggs. You can't factor in for Isaiah McKenzie, too, on top of that, and that's why he needs to be implemented into the offense more. I can't think of another game outside of New England. Then I don't have his stats in front of me. I don't either. You know, you're right, though. I, I, I mean, seriously. I think he's had catches and he's had – dynamic look. plays i don't know I, I see you looking it up maybe we'll, yeah. we'll... well because to me i remember because this all last season whenever my mckenzie would make a great play i would just say to myself is there a reason we're not doing more of that more often because i don't understand i don't know because there was a, there was a, also a portion of time too remember they just he wasn't playing at all like that he would yeah. he wouldn't even get on the field you put, you put him in the doghouse because of the part returning and yes against game. against the colts Which, and i thought that was ridiculous yes i don't think he's a good part returner kick returner because i think it, that doesn't have to be his game i think no maybe potentially have marcus stevenson or tavon austin yep that's a different debate for a different day but yeah can, can you find another game where he like popped yeah, off that's what i'm, I'm looking at game? i'm looking at it right now it was miami the, no, you know what? You're ago. dead on. You're dead on. He, you know, how about this? You ready for this? I'm ready. He didn't have a single game last season other than the Patriots game where he had more than 12 yards. And in the Patriots game, 11 catches, a buck 25 and a score. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you then, kidding me? Ready? This is, we're going to, we're going another year back. The last game against Miami. Was it the last game against Miami? End of regular season? Luck. When you, had- well, you want to know what, before I do that, you want to know what else is just disgusting looking at this stat list. You ready for this? Yeah. 11 catches, right, in the Patriots mm-hmm. game. I don't know how – it doesn't have the targets here, but I can't imagine it's any more than like 13, right? There's no yeah. way. He 
he only had this is I didn't even realize this. I thought there was another game where he had done something, but apparently I was completely wrong. He had less than two catches in every single game he started in. He had one catch or not starting, but played in. Yeah. There were, as far as stat line is concerned, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games where he has a stat line. In seven of them, he had one catch. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, that's it. just, that's ridiculous. Well, I, I, mean, I, got the, I got the targets up here. I got the targets. Okay. Well, what so, was the target okay. situation? So against New England, that mm-hmm. game, he had 12 targets, 11. Wow. Targets. Wow. Dude. Um. So his, so like, look, ready? So, Pittsburgh, zero. I'm going to go through every game. Zero targets, zero receptions. Two targets, one catch. And then it was three straight games of nothing. Zero and zero. Then it was one target, one catch. Then nothing. (laughs) Then two targets, two catch. And then three targets, one catch, nothing. A target and a catch. Two targets and a catch. Then a New England game. And then two targets and a catch. And then a catch. A target and then a catch. So every time he gets his like receptions to targets is very efficient. I, I... Wow, I don't know why that I don't know why that I didn't realize this. He uh, also, this is insane. And then we go to the playoff game. Yeah. One, for some reason he likes playing New England because he had th- three catches on three targets for 45 mm-hmm. yards against New England. And then against Kansas City, who I would think he would dominate their corners because their secondary isn't anything great. And then obviously he's not getting his matchup isn't their number one or number two guys. Obviously, that's Diggs, Davis, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um he had one target against the Chiefs for catching three yards. Every single year that he has played for the Bills, he's averaged nine yards or more a catch. That's unreal. So just- uh, let me know why the hell you would. I Wow. I, I guess I've never really kind of broken down how insane it is to not no. factor him in more. Yeah, he had 20 catches for 178 yards and one touchdown this past year. Averaged 8.9 yards. Yep, 8.9 was his lowest production on the Bills ever. It was the only time he was a fraction below nine. Every other year, it's nine or above. And I think on top of that, too, there's also things you can do with him that you can't do with anybody else because of his ability to his speed. And he's he's just kind of a gadget guy. I just think that he's a Swiss Army knife that is just never brought out. It's just never – it's left in the pocket nonstop. We're also not asking you to get Isaiah McKenzie 12 targets – like no, three to six, right, ready, ready for this. You get mm-hmm. three to six, right, mm-hmm. and then he starts beating teams, right, like against New England. Then you are so out of flux because right. Isaiah McKenzie is smoking you, yep. and then you got to like, okay, well, we got Diggs, Davis, Knox, James Cook. Like you got so many guys to worry about. Yes, then it's over. It's like the New England game. It's over. It's like it's not even a game, just because if Isaiah McKenzie kills you, it's it's over for you, and. It has to be against, I think it's a man-to-man coverage. So you have to use him wisely, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes. Man-to-man coverage, because I don't think there's a lot of people that can stay with him. And I think his ability to get space, if Josh Allen gets time, he floats it in there, and he's off. Isaiah McKenzie, Ken Dorsey, and this is, I know we're on the offense, a little off Allen, but this involves Allen. You got to get him in the offense. And maybe this is one of the things, like I said, Ken Dorsey takes away from Brian Dable. Some things he likes, some things he doesn't like. Like, when Brian, so Brian Dable and the Giants right now, right? Who's like the most similar player on the Giants to Isaiah McKenzie? I would think like Kadarius Tony. He wanted to Kadarius Tony almost got traded this offseason. I know. I was just gonna say they don't is even want him in New York anymore. Is like I know Kadarius Tony is a little maybe a little hot and all that social media stuff, but maybe Brian Dable doesn't like those type of players. Don't know why because I think like Kadarius Tony would 
flourish in a t- in a good offense. I like Kadarius Tony a lot. Yeah. Like him in Buffalo would be, or any team with like elite quarterback play, he would be a pain in the you know what to stop. Well, you know, so he, yeah. So and like, like like too, yeah. Why, why you don't like those players that have insane speed and catch the ball that can get in space that nobody can keep up with that are gadget that can get yep. handoffs that can do so many different things for you blows my mind don't and just and why. just when you think he can only do the the you know the around the line of scrimmage stuff he had the best catch out well i can't say the best because dawson knox's catch in the back of the end zone was all time but do you remember that catch mckenzie had on the sideline going down the left sideline it, it was up for yes. grabs he went up and snagged it so like it's not like he's just a guy that you, you run a screen pass to or whatever. There's a little bit of everything to his game. If you factor in, like you said, imagine game planning. The new Super Beats Heart Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit Radio Beats, B-E-E-T-S dot com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. For this team, I feel like if I'm a defensive coordinator, the last person based on just the the fact that I have so many people to worry about, the last person I'm worrying about is Isaiah McKenzie. That's where I probably have three, four scripted plays involving McKenzie in my back pocket every game, just in case, you know, it gets to the point where like you, you harped on where everybody else is accounted for. How the hell am I supposed to account for McKenzie on top of it too? You're not because you're going to have some undrafted guy or a late round pick or a backup slot corner. Because there's not enough guys to guard yes. enough guys. Well, I you want to know what, too? I also – I think it's telling they re-signed him. I think it's very telling. Yes, exactly. Because there was, a, there, was a, there was a time there where I – not personally, obviously, the way we're talking about him. I just wondered. I wondered if that was going to be a move it. they made. And I think what that told me, especially once Ken Dorsey was moved into the, into the OC spot, I think that told me – you know they're they're re-signing McKenzie not for him to do what he did last year. I think they, they if they're gonna if they were willing to bring him back in again, there's got to be a reason for it. And hopefully that means we see more out of him this season. Yeah, I think a hundred percent. I think you have to see him more. Um, David coming in, his speed will be utilized more with Dorsey with end arounds and wide receiver screens. Yeah, I think I, I hope so. End arounds. Have we seen a lot of screen passes from Isaiah McKenzie? <laughs> Did we see a screen all last year? I mean, I'm talking oh. even a screen, not just Isaiah McKenzie. There was none of that. No. That's and another thing. That's a great point because like, I hope throwing, to see that. Like, you're through, like last year, outside of Isaiah McKenzie, who are you throwing a screen to? Like, I love Stefan Diggs. That's not his game. And also why that Beasley, I guess, was the other right. guy. I mean, there's maybe. There's no speed there. Like, there's nothing there. I know. And Gabe Davis, that's not his game. This year, I think you, you can throw a screen. I think you can throw a screen to Jameson Crowder. I think you could do that. I think 100% you can do that. He killed us last year in that one. That one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he burned. Wow, it was a screen. I was, that was the first time we played the Jets. And yeah, I was probably the, Joe, Joe Flacco, I think, was in the game at that point. Yeah, and we, he threw a screen pass, and Crowder took like 80-something yards for a touchdown. I think Crowder could be a guy. I think Isaiah McKenzie could be a guy. I think Khalil Shakir could be a guy. I also think James Cook could be a guy. Those are four Absolutely. guys I just named off that should be able to see screen passes. And and then that was that's what they wanted too out of the running back, you know, because I think that was one of the biggest factors of his game that stood out to the Bills, right? James Cook and his ability to be utilized in the pass game. I really hope we see more of that. It doesn't all need to be Allen throwing the ball down the field. You can still get Allen involved, and that's another way. Another thing that I think you brought up earlier, where it's kind of like 
getting the rhythm going in the in the middle in the beginning of the game. No better way to do that than what we're talking about right here. Right, like you get a screen uh screen pass to James Cook, eight yards, right? Handoff, yeah. single turn for four, first down. Yep. And another Allen's pass to the screen, and then end around. And then you're at midfield, and Josh Allen's throwing the ball like like he's a little dicky dunk. And now the defense has to play against that, and then Diggs and Davis open up. Yep. It's simpler I mean, to talk about it, obviously. It's harder. Yeah, I know. Why aren't we hired? Right, 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 Pete? Yeah, it been, right? Shouldn't we have a gig? <laughs> yeah, easier said than done, but right. there's a system in place for that, right? Yes. Because it gives the Bills two different facets of offense. Look, you can always throw the ball down the field. You have Josh Allen's arm, and you have Diggs's route running ability, catching ability, and Davis's just ability to go up against the ball, and we saw it in the Chiefs game. Yep. And then you have Knox and O.J. Howard. But then you also have another asset to the game where you can think and duck with screen passes, with end arounds, all that stuff. Yep. This offense has so many dynamic weapons that if I was a defensive coordinator, this would kind of be annoying to play, game plan against. Absolutely. You can, there's not enough players on the field or not enough good enough players on your team that can stick with uh, the Bills offense. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. What's up, T? Hope we're having a hope you're having a good night. Appreciate you tuning in. Re- reverse with McKenzie and Cook. That would, yeah. I don't know if they use James Cook as much in the reverse. I think that would be interesting. But I'm one thing I'm excited to see what James Cook is. I think that's just going to be fascinating to see how they use James Cook because we they knew we knew they wanted a type of running back like that, like the JD McKissick thing, and then they obviously brought their safety net in with Duke Johnson. But James Cook is, I think, just a different different breed than. I think all three of those guys, or all yep. two of those guys. And my, so this kind of, we could quickly go to this kind of segues to this. So out of outside of Diggs, Davis, and Knox, mm. who will be targeted the most by Josh Allen? You can, we, we don't have to go die into this. Just a quick answer. What do we, who do you think? Mm. That's a good out of the three main, I think those are, would you say those, I'm assuming those are our three main guys. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, James and Crowder might be ahead of Knox potentially. We don't know, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. I haven't seen James and Crowder in the offense, so I didn't want to put him there. Outside of your three main targets, who do you think will be targeting? And guys, comment section. I want to hear what you guys got as well. Mm, that is that is t- that is a tough one. Um, I don't even have an answer. I've just I've just gone. I, I wouldn't well, say like I don't think it's a running back because I don't think a running backs get enough no. targets. Would it be enough? Would it well, be the like one a- thing I think that I I don't even know. See, you know what you know what's tough about that that I would actually my answer would be it would be Gabe Davis because I don't know if he belongs. Okay. In that statement, based on what they what he's done previously, because the last two seasons, right? I don't think he's been targeted enough. He's only had a little over 500 each year, which, based on what he's brought to the table, as late of around uh, late of a draft pick as he was, and I think he shattered expectations. I'm in love with Gabriel Davis, right? Yeah. But what we saw in the playoffs, right, against the Chiefs, he basically had half of his season total in one game. I would say the player that needs the most targets this year is Gabriel Davis for sure. And not, maybe not the most over Diggs, right? But Diggs has had a thousand yard plus season every, every year of his career. I'm, I'm pretty sure or close to it. Yeah. Uh, definitely in Buffalo. Right. If we're talking for sure in Buffalo, if we're talking about MVP, Josh Allen, right. You're probably talking about him hovering around 5,000 yards or, or, or upper four more so than he's done the last two seasons that could be reflected by Gabe Davis's stat line as well. Is, is there going to be another wide receiver who's touching down on a thousand yards as well? And if there's going to be one, I can't imagine it's not Gabriel Davis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, two years ago, 
Cole Beasley was close. He might have cracked. Did Cole Beasley crack a thousand two years ago? I think he might have. Like Nine fifty or yeah, something. Like yeah, yeah, it was super close, right? And we yeah, saw we how great of a year Allen had. So I, I'd love to see that. I would say out of these guys, so we're, I know you, Davis is probably. I just lumped him in there because I think he's in our top now targets because I'm. No, I get it. Yeah. Back. Um, I would probably say Jamison Crowder. That would probably be. My I think that's idea. a great. I think it's a great that's answer. Probably the safest answer, like. The, the riskiest answer would be like Isaiah McKenzie, and it probably should be Isaiah McKenzie. Or I don't disagree with you at all. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Like I don't. I don't trust enough to know if they're going to target him enough. Shakir's a rookie, yeah. Um, but I would love for him to get targeted because I think he's super dynamic. Um, OJ Howard is a second tight end. Mm-hmm. That could be an option, but I would probably say. I would probably say Jamison Crowder. That might have to be. Well, you know what? Another thing about Jamison Crowder, you know, no one, no one even talks about the fact that he's a Bill. Like I think it's going to be very surprising to a lot of people that aren't, you know, either a Bills fan or don't follow the Bills as closely as everybody else, uh, you know, who is a fan does. I think that that is a forgotten element about this offseason is Jamison Crowder. I think you're right there. I think that there could be plenty of games where he is targeted more than expected because. You know, like we talked about a bit earlier, you got to cover Diggs and you got to cover Davis and Dawson yeah. Knox being the way he's been as of late. Like, you know, Jameson Crowder, I think, fits right into that answer. What's up, Brian? I missed this earlier. A lot of it, a lot of information in this uh, this comment. But yeah, Punk God will play in the preseason, only, only in the preseason. You only hope so. That'd be awesome if we don't punt ever. Um, I'm in. Got I'm in. Breaking tables every, AP, uh, every Mondays and Thursdays, 8 p.m. on every built in Buffalo network. Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So, guys, check Brian out and Breaking Tables. It's a fun show. It's an exciting show. Um, Cook, maybe may, David coming in. Cook, maybe the one that takes us over the top with his ability to catch out of the backfield and making people miss tackles. I think that's I think that's a fair statement. Like, yeah. I think the Bills are obviously at the top, but over the top is that Super Bowl. But I think James Cook gives a complete um, different dynamic on offense than I'm so excited about I am that. I'm I'm stoked to see what they do yes with Cook. and I hopefully they don't get, look I rookies take a little while to get going sometimes but he's not gonna be asked to be an RB1 that's what's no. awesome with you like Brees Hall you hear the reports coming out of the Jets like he's their RB1 now well, of course like, yeah, yeah which makes sense but that's a lot of pressure on a rookie that's sure a lot of especially on a team like that too you know where yeah and James Cook doesn't have that just come in, I, do your thing. Yeah. That's it. I also think it really you. does benefit Devin Singletary a lot. I, 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 I truly think that this acquisition, this draft pick, I think that it takes a load off of Devin Singletary as well, which I think can oh, add to his yeah. game. I thought Singletary was really coming along the end of, at the end of the year last year. Yeah. I just think that this is a. I think this is a a benefit for for Singletary's game because I just think that the less he's relied upon solely because last year, Zach Moss non-existent. It was really Singletary. And even then it was, I mean, Josh Allen, there's a reason he led the team in rushing. Of course. I just think that that also adds an element to Singletary's game too, where you, you know that you have a guy that was drafted to be, you know, the one, two tandem with yourself, because that's what the league is. Now you don't really rely on one back at all. Everybody's got two. You can't. You can't. So you can't. I think that, I think it overall, it, it, it benefits everybody especially yeah. if, it, if it works the way that they intended to. Yeah, Devin Singletary, 188 attempts last year, 870 on the yards, seven touchdowns, 4.6 yards per carry. But there weren't a lot of great games. Like the Jets, 19 attempts, 88 yards. Yep. Yet against the Falcons, that brutal game. So that helped. 110 yards rushing, 4.8 yards per carry, two TDs. But there was a lot of clunkers. Carolina, he was very good, 86 yards. Um, Tampa Bay, he only had four carries for 52 yards. But that was also because we were getting smoked. 
and we had to pass the ball. So that's us. Context is always context. You have to look into that, especially. But there weren't a lot of great games, but 4.6 yards per carry is a very good yards per carry. Yeah, he's he's good in that department. He always has been. He's efficient. So, yeah, which is good. And now you're bringing Cook, and he'll be that one, two. And I'm excited to see what Devin Secretary can do. Like you said, a little less pressure because he won't really be asked to do a lot of pass catching ability, all that stuff. He'll just be able to, you know what? You're the you're RB one, right? Because James Cook, like if you drafted Brees Hall, a lot of pressure on Singletary. Sure. Because sure. They're, they're very similar. Brees Hall is going to be that bell cow. James Cook is not that guy, which is awesome because that means they have a lot of confidence in Devin Singletary. Yeah, and the offensive line too last year was just, I mean, it was oh, not it built to it help out Devin Singletary. The fact that he was actually touching down on five yards of carry is actually impressive. If, if you go back and watch some of the rushing attempts, I mean, it's, it's like running into a cinder block. The fact so, that he was 130 off 1,000 yards, I know it's uh, Seriously, when you, when you think about it, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah. Would you think Devin Singletary of 870 yards last year, like after watching the year and just like not looking at any yards? No, no, you no not. very quiet. So, yeah. Use Dawson Knox like Chiefs use Kelsey. I think we saw that a little more last year. I mean, obviously Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey. CBS Sports before I went on just put a out of top ten tight ends. They did not include Dawson Knox in their top ten tight ends. Um, you can obviously debate that. Like, yeah, Zach I Kirk saw that one. list. I mean, Zach Kirk uh, ten. Um, so yeah, I'm taking Knox over Ertz right now. I, I, I'm in, in my opinion because oh, yeah. the upside. Yeah. I, I don't. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe you're factoring in, you know, career, I guess. But man, Dawson Knox, yeah, he is he he has gotten better every single year. And you know, the other thing too that he's improved on the most is his his um, he's eliminating the drops. I mean, it, it, like tenfold yeah. compared to uh, what it used to be, and that's Matt, that's been huge. Well, last year was a make or break a year for Dawson absolutely, Knox. and he really he, made it. I mean, if truly, last year they go get a tight end. Yes, draft. Free agency, like they did bring. They were talking about it anyways. So yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, yes. Um, don't sleep on OJ Howard. Not sleeping on OJ Howard. I know he's had a little underwhelming camp. I've or it's mini camp. I think he's more getting used to the offense. Um, kind of walking through the offense, all that stuff. This is fascinating, right? Yards per after like a catch, right? Like a yards after catch, right? We were dead to last. We were at the very bottom, right? Who's very good at that? Z bot. Who's very good at uh? Yards after catch. Oh my god! I think his name might be Isaiah McKenzie. Is that is that what? Maybe we should use them a little more. And right. he was also very good yards after catch. Jameson Crowder and Khalil Shakir and James Cook. So the Bills have two guys that can dock, docks, knocks, digs, and Davis who are yep. thinking good after the catch, but that's not their specialty. And then you have a handful of guys that are very good yards after the catch. You just you just think it's it's just crazy how talented. I just think it's it's criminal how underutilized he was, and then and then you see the Patriots game, and it's almost just like, I don't know, man. It just almost makes you mad, even though you're whipping their ass. It's just kind of like, well, you know, there was plenty of opportunity to do the same thing. I mean, maybe not to that scale because everybody was having a career day that day, but you just saw some of the things he was doing, and it was because they were giving him an opportunity to do it. You know, like you said, you don't have to throw him twelve balls every game you can't you can't do that i mean that's just not sustainable no. but, but i mean you saw what happened when him. you did so you be efficient with him yeah and then basically then use him like if you get him going and then just opens up so many other things and i think yeah yeah i, I couldn't i couldn't agree more i mean and, and another thing too did you happen to look at when you were looking at the targets did you happen to look at um 
the previous year? Because I got to think that those 12 targets got it's got to be one of the highest he's ever gotten, like in his career. Let's see. Isaiah, Isaiah McKenzie. Because, you know, you, you often wonder, like, what someone could be given the opportunity. I guarantee you that's got to be up there as far as the most targets he's ever had. So he, in the season, uh, in his in a, no, Yeah, like in a game. Oh, in his game. I think it's, yeah, I think that has to be his game. I'm looking at his seasons, right? So 2019 oh, right. Buffalo, right? He had 39 targets in 2019. 2020, he had 34. You're not going to like this. 2021, he had 26 targets. He had less targets than he did in his second year, and then he less than in his first year in Buffalo. Yeah, and half, and and if he had one, he had, what what was it? 12 well, targets. Oh, sorry. 20, he was also on the Bills in 2018. He had 30 right. targets that year, too. So he had less targets in his four years of Buffalo. His least amount of targets was last year. He got half the amount of his season total targets in that Patriots game, and he caught 11 of them. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I just don't, I don't know. How could you draw any other conclusion from that other than uh, maybe consider giving the guy the, an opportunity to get involved in the game a bit more? I, yeah. I just don't think it's a crazy ask. It's not. Jim, I did not see that. I did not see this. Did you see this, Z-Bot? Levi being in a top 10 list of corners? Levi Wallace? Yeah, I did not see that. So I, I, uh, that's a list that I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even I would bother keep, looking at. I would keep scrolling. Okay. They, let, they let Levi Wallace walk for a bag, for a bag of fries. I mean, they could have they given him, what, $4 million? That's what That's what Pittsburgh yeah, paid him. So whoever made that list is out of their mind. Jenna coming. I appreciate you watching, Jenna. The only drops I remember in 2021 were in the first Patriots game. Yeah, that. Yeah, Knox had a. I think he's, she's referring to Dawson Knox. He had a struggle in the the wind, the wind fest in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, good God, that was. God, that we was would all draw passes in that game. So we, I think that's the one game where you can cross off and not uh, remember this. So David coming, I appreciate you, David. This is my first time watching your show. I love it. Appreciate your first time watching. Make sure you come back every Wednesday at 8 p.m. You both make great points about everyone you have spoken about. Keep up the great work. Appreciate you, David. Can you speak a little bit about the Porter situation? In my opinion, they should resign him, but not to a long-term deal due to his age. Yeah, we can talk about it. We, I know we're talking with Josh Allen, but I'm always open. Appreciate you, David. Uh, appreciate the compliment. I appreciate you tuning in for the first time. Help means a lot. Jordan Porter, I, I obviously haven't heard your thoughts. What are your thoughts on uh, Porter long-term or two, three years long-term? If we're talking. My thoughts are essentially exactly what David just said. I think one for the window the Bills are in right now. I'm by the way, I'm so glad that he took the high road and decided to show up to minicamp in a situation should, where, yeah, I mean, I just think that's a situation. Shows a lot about who he is as a person as well. Bingo! So. It says a lot about him as the as a person. It also says a lot about who the Bills are in general. I preach about this nonstop, but the culture in Buffalo is second to none, and that right there is just another example. Um, I think that when you look at where the bills are at right now, and it's no secret to Brian Dable or excuse me to Brandon Bean, because he has never pushed his chips this far into the table. Like he has this off season, uh, Jordan Poyer, uh, alongside Micah Hyde, they are the cornerstones of this defense. And we saw that, um, you know, really on display last year when Tredavious white went down, I think Jordan Poyer needs to be a part of this window here, this Super Bowl window. And to me, that window is this year, the following year, and the year after that, where I think you really get maximum. The, the window is going to be as open as it, as it probably ever will be, perhaps. And I think that when you look at Jordan Poyer's contract situation, when you look at his age, I think a two-year deal makes the most sense for everybody involved. And I really hope that that's what winds up happening here. 
I think a two-year deal with some guaranteed money. You pay him a little, and I think two. I wouldn't hate a three-year deal. I really wouldn't. Not me either. There could be an out in the third year for the Bills. That might not be a bad idea. Like, if he's still peak performance after two years yep. and you're financially okay, then, yeah, I think you can go with that. But, no, David, I appreciate it. I think Jordan Poyer, two-year deal would be my – on top of this year. So, not, not yes, counting yes. this year, correct? Exactly. So, yeah, this year – so you got the 2022 season, 2023 season, and 2024 season. Hey, how about this stat? Because I, I found it, by the way. So Dawson Knox in in um, his rookie year, his drop rate was 17.3. And he cut it all the way down to 8.8 last year. So that's quite literally a 100% increase in – or decrease in drops for Dawson Knox last year. Yeah. So. Yeah, David was probably a Steelers fan who made that, and that list wasn't for 2021 for corners. Trey wasn't on it. I'm confused where the list is coming from. You know what, Trey, for Dravius White, I don't know what it is, but no no one ever thinks about Dravius White for whatever reason. Who made a list? Was it PFF who made a list? Like, I think it was PFF. I don't think Trey White, I think it was like four or five, and this was AFC. They had J.C. Jackson above Tredavious White. I don't know. I mean, I just ready, guys. If you think JC Jackson's better than the Trey's White, Google Bills versus JC Jackson YouTube. Something's coming up of us torching him. Maybe I Diggs makes him look like Diggs looks like makes him look like me every time that they that he goes against him. No, it's hilarious. Yeah, Jenna Knox is he's turned into in a almost I wouldn't say elite because elite you can't just throw that around. A very good and a very you know what the key word is on Dawson Knox is he about a very reliable. Bingo. That was the exact word that I just thought of. He's reliable. That's yeah. And he's, he's turning and everything you wanted out of him, I think, Look, right? Not a lot of there's not a lot of Travis Kelsey's and George Kittles who can't exactly. stay healthy. George Kittle can't stay healthy, but there's not a lot of Travis Kelsey's in the league. Like there's just there's one, and that's it. And there's not yeah. a lot of Gronks, there's not a lot of Tony Gonzalez's. But Dawson Knox has become a guy that Josh Allen trusts in the red zone, trusts throughout the game. He and he's a matchup nightmare. So he Josh Allen trusts him. You can show you saw last year. He was he was he tied for first in touchdowns for tight yes. last year. Yes. We could we trust him. So I think yeah, I think Dawson there you Allen, go. I mean, say no more right there, right? I mean at the end of the day, it's about putting the ball in the end zone, and uh no one did it more than him at the position. So Jen Jenna's on the Dawson Knox train tonight. I think he'll be unknowable be top five this season. That's something I think That's I think. I think he's top ten right now. I, I really do. I think he's. I think. I think he. Based on last season, I think he's definitely. He's hovering around that top ten mark for sure. I'd like to see another year like last year before I really decide to solidify him up there. But as far as the capability, right, the potential, I think yeah. for sure it's there. So there, CBS Sports is what this was referring to earlier. Um, their top ten tight ends list was. I'm going one through ten. So Kelsey Kittle, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard, Mike Kosicki. TJ Hawkinson, Dalton Schultz, and Zach Ertz. A lot of good tight ends. Yeah, I don't them. hate that list, but I might. I think I'd probably. I. I. I at this moment, I'm taking him over Ertz. The I'm rest of them, I get it. I like Goddard. I do think Goddard's a tad overrated, but I think Goddard's done it longer than Dawson Knox. So I think another year of Dawson Knox, around eight to ten touchdowns, seven to ten touchdowns, he'll be on this list. He should be on this list. I got Zach Ertz over him. Dalton Schultz is very good. I think he's very good. TJ Hawkinson's good. A lot of good tight ends. Hard. Tight end, this, uh, he's definitely a top 12 tight end, no doubt in the mind. I think he's probably 10. I think 10 is probably the perfect um, place to put uh, Dawson Knox. And I think it'd be Khalid. fair. If they put him at 10, I wouldn't think it would make anybody bat an eye. I don't think anybody would think that would be crazy. No. 
So we're going to end the show with this last thing. So I was watching Get Up this morning, right? Mm. Get Up this morning. I was, I don't know what I was, well, I was flipped on the TV this morning. So where does Josh Allen rank in the AFC among quarterbacks? And this is, they weren't talking about, I don't know if you saw this, they weren't talking about um, just AFC quarterbacks. They were talking about, so if you could start a franchise with any QB, who would you choose, right? So they had Jeff Saturday choosing, they had RG3 choosing, and they had Mike Greenberg choosing. I like Mike Greenberg a lot. Jeff Saturday chose Joe Burrow. I'm assuming they were going to choose each a different person just for this heck of a segment to make it interesting. Yeah. But Jeff Saturday chose Joe Burrow, right? RG3 chose Lamar Jackson. Oof. Mike Greenberg chose Justin Herbert. Two mm-hmm. guys that were not mentioned that should be the two guys you would build around. Because I was like, first, okay, maybe like when I saw Joe Burrow pop up, I was like, oh, maybe they're talking about guys that were like recently drafted, right? Like year one. 25 like, and under or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But then RG, uh, not RG, Lamar Jackson popped up, same class as Josh Allen. And That's like, just horrific. Okay. I don't even. Then Justin the Ravens Herbert. won't even commit to him. You want to build right. a franchise around him? So if I was going to build quarterbacks around, so like if we were each choosing a different guy, Jeff Saturday, RG3, Greeny, I think the three guys you choose would be Herbert, Allen, and Mahomes. Absolutely. So if, if you're doing the segment of you have to choose each a different guy, because that's what they do. Like you can't make it boring. Yeah. Joe Burrow, I get it. He should be probably fourth, but I want another year out of Joe Burrow because his injury, I want another year out of Joe Burrow. I agree. Herbert is more For sure. Lamar Jackson should not be there. Hell should no. Should not be there. Hell Josh, no. How do you not have Josh? I, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. I, 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 I get maybe they didn't want to include Mahomes already, but if you're going to include Lamar Jackson, then Josh Allen should be included in the debate. I just think the no. debate's over right there if you're going to include Lamar Jackson. No, it's not even a I, debate. I don't look, know what you're if, what are you doing if, at this point. If they came up with like if they eat, one chose Joe Burrow and then one chose Herbert and then who else would it be? Would it have been like I mean, I don't know. That, that, if my three would were exactly no, what but you like said. If they were going like super young guys, so like year oh. one, year two. Was it Kyle? Would be Kyle Murray? Maybe somebody like around that. Was well, it only AFC or is it NFC in general? They did the whole, but they they didn't say. They just had a whole. My question's AFC, so we can get to that question. But I don't know else who they would have done. But then they threw Lamar Jackson in there, and I was like. Okay, and this say, and then I turn off the TV. I mean, the fact that we even have to sit here and give it a hard thought just tells you how dumb that is because yeah. it's not like it's there's these questions are obvious. Yeah. Just a matter of who you choose amongst the general consensus. There's like yeah. five guys. Okay, go ahead and argue it. Lamar Jackson is not one of them. No, no. And then right here with the question we'll end on is about where does Josh Allen rank in AFC among QBs? He ranks number two. Josh oh. Allen's number two. I think Josh Allen is the second overall best quarterback in the league. But I, and I, I thought Phil Sims, who came out with his quarterback ranking, I thought Phil Sims had a great, I thought he breaks every, he breaks every single element down when he compares why one quarterback is ranked higher than another, right? And he, he ranked Josh Allen over uh, Patrick Mahomes at one, Patrick Mahomes two. He gave Josh Allen the edge because of his rushing ability and his decision-making. The decision-making I think he completely based it off of last year. There were several games where the Chiefs did not look like the Chiefs, so I think that's what he was basing it on. But that also was the the truth for the Bills, too. The rushing is an uh, an incredible um, argument. And that, to me, overall, right? If I'm talking about athletic attributes, on-field presence, as far as raw athleticism is concerned, it's Josh Allen, and, and it's a massive gap. And then I think it would be Justin Herbert if I'm talking about athleticism. Josh Allen, the better way to put it, Pete, would be it would be uh, Mahomes 1A 
Josh Allen uh, 1B. I'm sorry. I just don't know how I am supposed to put Josh Allen above Patrick Mahomes when Mahomes has beaten, beat him in the two games that counted the most. Yeah. Mahomes is 2-0 and against Allen in the playoffs. I understand Allen couldn't have done much more last year. I'm mean, When I say much more, I don't think he could have done anything more. The year before, they got their ass kicked. Um, I, I think every, every attribute that Allen brings to the table is just as good as Mahomes, if not better. But at the end of the day, man, this game comes down to getting it done. Getting it done. And Mahomes has an MVP, multiple Super Bowl appearances, a Super Bowl ring, and has beaten Josh Allen both times they faced off in the playoffs. For those reasons, I can't in good conscience rank Josh Allen above Patrick Mahomes. But to the point of starting a team, right, drafting, starting a team, it's probably Josh Allen. Yeah, of course, because I just don't think we've ever seen anything like him at the position as far as just raw athleticism with the ability to also be an elite pocket passer. That's just like with Lamar Jackson, he's the greatest runner since Michael Vick, but there's, I wouldn't think the words elite and pocket presence come to mind. When you think about Lamar Jackson, you're getting elite rushing from Josh Allen and elite pocket presence. So as far as building a team is concerned, yeah, I think Josh Allen would definitely be my choice or at least a heavy consideration. I could understand anybody saying Herbert Allen, or Mahomes. I get it. Any argument there, I would be cool with. But as far as ranking, right? Rankings are usually, to me, determined by what? Wins, oftentimes, right? I understand wins aren't a QB stat. I get that. But if we're looking at the list of accomplishments, I just don't know how you can rank Allen above Mahomes right now. But I also do think when we're arguing about this, it to a lesser degree, it's like people when they argue between LeBron and Michael Jordan, everybody's got their stance, right? When I look at Mahomes and Allen, to me, it's just, they're the two clear cut best in the league. It's just a matter of whose argument is what I like to separate my fanhood from this because I think if I was not a fan of the bills or if I was not a fan of the chiefs or whatever, I think the, I don't know. I I guess the, the, the logical answer just based on the things that matter most would be Mahomes. But that to me, ranking a quarterback and then the other experiment of drafting and building around a quarterback is a completely different story. My answer also could be completely different this year after we watch Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill has also benefited or Mahomes has benefited from having an incredible yeah. offense since day one. We so haven't seen that. We haven't we seen will, him exactly right. Tyreek exactly right. So that's yeah. My answer, I agree. Second, I know it's like you want me to. I can argue and just go yeah. with that. Not to be that those those networks that disagree on purpose. Like no, he's second. I think one. Allen is one and three against Mahomes when they yep. had to head. Mahomes has won two playoff games. Look, I think if you're going to throw one game out, it was last year's game because like like you said, Allen or the playoff game against Allen, uh, the division game last year, because Allen couldn't have done anything else. That was not Allen's fault. So if you want no. to talk that out. Sure, he's still one and two against. Yeah, him. like it's still one and two. I think yeah. so. I think it's Mahomes and I think it's Allen. It, it could be flipped if we're coming back in a year. Sure, and Allen's coming off an MVP or a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP. Then oh, if, if Allen. Allen wins a Super Bowl and an MVP, then it's Allen all day to me, in my yeah. opinion. I just look Allen. at the other attribute yeah. exactly. And you Allen. know, you know, another thing, Pete, that is is forgotten about in that Chiefs loss. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know that the defense was basically prevent and and they basically, for whatever the hell reason, allowed the Chiefs to get in field goal position. But, you know, Mahomes still had to get him there. And I'm not entirely sure if every quarterback in the league's doing that, right? Everybody's always talking about, you know, Allen's game that day because it was incredible. It was amazing, right? But Mahomes still got them in field goal position with 13 seconds left. Yeah. So it's like, you know, only, I, you look at the league. I don't know how many guys are doing that. I think Josh only, Allen could, but. There was only, yeah, the only other person that would have done it on that night would have been Josh Allen. Yeah. And I, I think still, Brady could still do it. I think Rodgers could. I don't, actually, I don't think Rodgers could do it. I, no, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't believe Herbert it. Would have done it. Maybe Joe Burrow because he looked very clutch in the playoffs. But I don't think Justin Herbert at this point. Also, Brandon Staley would have called some weird ass play. On I know. And, so, and Herbert, yeah. I love Herbert too. By the way, I, I yeah. think this year is a big year for Herbert because yeah, this is a great roster in LA. That division is. I know unreal. that man. That division real. Outside of the Bills and my excitement, which has never been higher, that division, I mean, people I will not miss a second. A oh, Just my God. Division. And I think Dude. people are like, I know we're going we're going 9-10 here, but I think people are like, well, all four teams are going to make the playoffs. No, I don't think all four teams. That's really that's really hard for all I know. four teams. But then again, though, Pete, how hard is it to sit back and justify one of them missing it? That's why it's so oh, difficult. Think, that's why think, it's so tough. I think there's one team I could, if I had to like argue, it would be the Raiders. Raiders, yeah. I think, I think, um, who's their new coach? What's his name? Oh, uh, it's Josh McDaniels. Yeah, he's brutal. I don't think he's. Uh, That's coach. interesting. Yeah, it's a good point. I'm dying then, to see how that works out. And then you have, I think Derek Carr is the lesser, the the, uh, the four quarterback. He's, in my opinion, the lesser. Mm-hmm. I think their defense isn't anything crazy. Um, but. Yeah, maybe. The maybe fact the that they're the last team in that division, though, just goes to show you how incredible that they, division they, really they would is. Be the second best team in AFC East. Oh, my they God. Would win, I would think they would win the South. I think they're better than, or they're on par with Tennessee and Indianapolis. That's Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. They're exactly on the same. You, you could say one team's better than whatever, yep. but I like Derek I think Carr. They could probably win like the Ryan North, too. And Matt Ryan. I like Derek Carr better than like Matt Ryan and of course. Um, Ryan Tano. The North is like, I think if a fully healthy Ravens team is probably the best in my opinion, because I think the I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how well the Ravens bounce back. Because last year was just decimation on, on another yeah. level. And then the Bengals, can they repeat again? I don't. I'm not as high on. Those I'm Bengals, worried about Cincy. If I'm a Cincy yeah. fan, Steelers, that's a really big you know bar set for them. Oh, it's huge. And I think the Steelers are they're a good roster, great coach. Their quarterback play would be very interesting. And then the Browns, I'm not going to get into the freaking Deshaun Watson. Screw thing. the Browns. Yeah, screw so that, Good God. So, I, yeah. So that thing's I, – I might hopefully – that thing, he's – I'm not saying hoping, but I think he'll be suspended for the year. And so do they, I. Or they – and that's where they don't want to ship off Baker Mayfield yet. yet but he – maybe Baker Mayfield's like, you know what? I'm just not going to play for you guys. I'm going to screw you guys over. And I don't got, see how – knowing him, there's the no money. way, right? He'll, eat the, he'll, he'll, take, he'll make $20 million and not play. After all that went down, I could not oh, in my not. life see him going out on like, that field trading. again. You're trading me. Wait, whoa, whoa. My quarterback's just The Panthers' me. talks are heating up. I'm dying to see what happens there because I still cannot believe he is not on another team yet. Imagine the the two quarterbacks taking ahead of Josh Allen on the same team. I know. How, it's, it's, and it's, and it's a riot. It's just a riot. Yeah, and then yeah. again, you still got guys like RG3 telling me you're building around Lamar, so it'll, it'll never end. That The, the wow. lunacy will never come to a to a conclusion you know yeah okay yeah this was a fun show i appreciate you coming yeah. on my man pleasure's all mine Pete. this was great like you said man i i, I can never get enough of uh oh, talking talk about, about all, all of it
seriously, but especially Josh Allen. But this season, man, this is just, uh, I mean, football in general, nothing excites me more, but there is just an added element to the excitement this year on like I've, one I've ever felt. So I, I cannot get enough of talking about it, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on to do so. Of course, man. Of course. Uh, where, if anybody missed the beginning of the show, where can everyone find you on social media, on YouTube, on wherever? Yep. So uh, every Monday night, we're li- I'm live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I also do, I'll, I'll appear throughout the week on random stuff there. Uh, so you can check that out, uh, Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. But I'm always live, 8 p.m. Eastern, Monday nights. If you miss the show, uh, it's also in podcast form on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then you can follow me over on Twitter where I'm the most active at ZACB22 at ZachB22. So that is where I am at. Um, and then uh, as the season progresses, um, you know, obviously things pick up a little bit more. I don't know how you, you know, how things have been for you, but in the off season, it's uh, it's this part is this part of the year, right? Where it's, it seems so close, but yet so far, and it's like, you know, the draft's over, free agency's over. It gets tough, right? Where you're just yeah. like dying for it, you know? Yeah. The top, Also, it's tough. Uh, not a lot of going on right now. Not That's what I'm moves. saying, where it's like all you want to do is like get into the mode where you're talking about games because there's only so much you can say about, uh, you know, things that have already happened yeah. a month or so ago because nothing's really happening right now. Yeah. But the Deshaun Watson stuff's keeping me interested. I will say that. Yes. Appreciate it, David. Great show, man. I appreciate it. This first time listening. So hopefully you're back next Wednesday, man. I appreciate it. Love Guys, that. As always, I'm Peter DiBiase. My Twitter handle's down there at DiBiase Peter. I will follow you back on Twitter, no doubt. <laughs> I'm not one of those people that don't follow you. I will follow you back. Um, Buffalo Blitz, every Wednesday, 8 p.m. on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network check out built in buffalo news.com for daily or basically daily articles i write for them so uh basically daily articles so check that out as always this will be on podcast form friday morning so if you're driving to work or you missed a show you can check it out on podcast form or you can rewatch it on facebook and youtube as always i'm peter DiBiase. this was the buffalo blitz zbot once again i appreciate you coming on man thanks pete appreciate it man Guys, as always, this is the Buffalo Blitz. Hopefully you enjoy the rest of your week, and I will see you next Wednesday.